What does it mean to be a compromising church? We're about to find out on this Monday morning. Good Monday morning. Today we're gonna to talk about the church at Pergamum which is the third letter to the churches in the book of Revelation. And Pergamum was the uh, seat, the oldest city, and it was the seat of Roman government. So that's who this letter is being written to. And it goes this way. Write this to Pergamum to the angel of the church. It says, the one with the sharp biting sword draws from the sheath of his mouth and out come the sword words. So remember this first part, Jesus is always giving a descriptive of himself and who he is. John 1.1 told us that in the beginning was the word, the word was God, and the word, the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word came and dwelt among us. Jesus himself is the word. So this is like Jesus on a page, okay? And then Hebrews chapter four, Verse 12 and 13 says it this way. This is the message translation. God means what he says. What he says goes, his powerful word is sharp as a surgeon's scalpel, cutting through everything, whether doubt or defense, laying us open to listen and obey. Nothing and no one is impervious to God's word. We can't get away from it no matter what. There is a reason that Jesus is setting himself up to this church as the word of God that's coming with as a scalpel, as something to divide between flesh and spirit. He says, I see where you live, right under the shadow of Satan's throne, because this was such a, a satanic culture, if you will, but you continue boldly in my name. You never once denied my name. So this was a church that no matter how the world was trying to deny his name, they were not going to deny his name. Even when the pressure was worst, when they martyred Antipas, my witness who stayed faithful to me on Satan's turf, they even watched martyrdom happen and still stayed strong to his name. Then he says this, but why do you indulge that Balaam Council. Now, Balaam was one that um, advised Moab's king to both spiritual and physical adultery. So that's kind of what the uh, Balaam was known for in the Old Testament. So they were entertaining this seducing spirit, if you will, seducing Balak and sabotaging Israel's holy pilgrimage by throwing unholy parties. That's, that's what they were, God was saying that Jesus was saying, you're just allowing this unholiness to stay in your midst. And why do you put up with the Nicolaitans who do the same thing? Remember in the very first book of, uh, the, the letter to the church of Ephesus, it said you do not tolerate the Nicolaitan, Nicolaitans, but here Pergamus is being said that they tolerate the Nicolaitans, and we'll, we'll get to that in one minute, who do the same thing enough. Don't give in to them. I'll be with you soon. I'm fed up and about to cut them to pieces with my sword sharp words because that's what the word of God does. It divides between flesh and spirit. 
Are your ears awake? Listen, listen to the wind words. The spirit blowing through the churches. I'll give and I'll go to this in a minute. So let's just talk about the Nicolaitans for just one minute. Why was it important that they not tolerate this spirit? There were two things that this spirit did. One, and boy, we see this today, where the church is professing to be the church, but yet they are living completely contrary to the principles of the teaching of this word. Not only were they living contrary, but they were trying to use the word to justify sin, or they were saying that God was okay with the sin they were choosing. Boy, that is a very dangerous way to live. It's one thing to sin and say, you know what? I'm sinning. I know this is a sin. I know I shouldn't be doing it. It's another thing to sin and then try to justify the sin and say God's okay with it. But Jewish people that were professing the name of God were living in this way as if God was okay with their sin. And that's what the Nicolaitan spirit was like. That's what that Balaam spirit was like. The second thing, it was a spirit that led them into idolatry, both physical and, and spiritual. So it was a spirit that propagated, remember I talked about this a few weeks ago, how idolatry is where we funnel any part of our living through anything other than the Lord. Where we make someone else's voice bigger than the Lord's, we make our voice or our wants bigger than the Lord, we make our denomination bigger than the Lord, whatever it may be. And that's what they were tolerating. And Jesus was saying it is not okay. And it isn't okay now either. I need you to hear that again. It isn't okay now either. It is not okay to walk in sin, live in sin, and act like God's okay with it. It's okay to own our sin, see it as sin and repent of it as sin, but it is not okay to say God is okay with it. It's a very dangerous way to live. And it is not okay to let anything have more importance in our life than the Lord, or to guide our decision-making more than the Lord. Because God called them a compromising people when they did that, and it was a dangerous place to live. Are your ears awake? Listen. Listen to the wind words, the spirit blowing through the churches. I'll give the sacred manna to every conqueror. I'll also give a clear, smooth stone inscribed with your new name, your secret name. So he was saying, if you'll conquer these things, two things are going to happen. Do you remember in Israel when the children of Israel were wandering through the desert for 40 years because of their own grumbling and complaining, I might add, not because God um, wanted them to be there, but because he was trying to get them out of them. He was trying to get Egypt out of his people. And we talked about having too much of Egypt in us a few weeks ago as well. He rained down manna from heaven. 
And here he's calling it sacred manna. There is a provision of God in our day-to-day living when we align ourselves with God's word. Some of, us, some of us are wanting God's sacred manna when we are outside of his umbrella. You don't get sacred manna outside of God's umbrella. And we live and move in God's umbrella when we live and move and align ourselves with God's word. So if you need provision for your finances, for your spirit man, for your family, for healing, for whatever it may be, it is underneath the sacred umbrella of God's protection and alignment with God's word. He said, if you're a conqueror, you get my sacred manna. If you conquer these things and get these things out of your midst, you get to partake in my sacred manna. And that's here. That's on this earth. That's in this life. David said, I would have lost hope unless I would believe that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living in my today. I would too. You would too if we did not believe that there was a goodness of God in this life and there is inside of his umbrella. We step out of it and we remove ourselves from it. But then he says this, and then I'll also give a clear, smooth stone inscribed with your new name, your new secret name. That is reflective of what we're going to get in heaven. Isn't it interesting to think that when I get to heaven, when you get to heaven, we're gonna have a name that's just ours with God. I don't think my name is going to be Denise there. I think he's going to have this name that he has picked out just for me. And he's picked out just for you. And we get to enjoy and partake of those things when we don't allow our hearts to compromise. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss the sacred manna here in this life or the secret name. I don't think you do either. That's exciting to think about, that such things are available to us on this Monday morning. If your heart was encouraged today, please know that we have many other resources available for you. You can discover all of those at reclaiminghearts.org.